coming to get you, Barbara. I don't know what you come to do, but I come to praise me. Because you'll never be anything but a common frump whose father lived over a grocery store and whose mother took in washing. Hey, welcome to Who Shot You? It's your boy. I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. Joining me in the studio, I got the full crew today, and that's what's up. She's film critic and host of Max Fun's own Switchblade Sisters. Sometimes it snows in April. April Wolf. April, what is good with you? What's good with me? I got a cool new T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the beginning of 80, 80, 80s rap song. I got a cool new T-shirt. <laughs> I I was pretty. I was a pretty good uh, rapper in the eighties. Uh, <laughs> my shirt says "I love P twenty two, which if you're an Angelino, you might know is the uh, the little mountain lion. Oh, it's not that little, but uh, so don't approach it. You know, <laughs> take your face right off. <laughs> the full grown mountain. Lion. Yeah, it's a full-grown mountain lion that is kind of the the only of its kind in the area that it's in in the wildlife of um, uh, Los Angeles, and I love it. And there's a group that was selling T-shirts with all the proceeds that went to it, and I love my shirt. And it says what what is it hashtag Save LA Cougars? And I was like, oh, which I didn't even know that hashtag. Such different implications. Exactly. I was gonna say <laughs> it does, which is another reason why I got the shirt. I was like, oh shit, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that they know, but like maybe like the designer is just like, yeah, this is gonna sell. Yeah, <laughs> she's planning for the future. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I love this shirt, and it is so good. And that is what's good, yo. Uh, the other voice that we heard right there, my man, film reviews editor at the Wrap. El mero mero de Navidad, the one and only Mr. Alonzo Duralde. I hit the, I hit the du- Duralde. Right Super Hispanic. <laughs> See, right? <laughs> what is good, Alonzo? Uh, what is good is everybody on Twitter who has been dragging the White House Correspondents Association <laughs> and Andrea Mitchell <laughs> and um, Maggie Haberman and Mika Brzezinski and everybody else who's been clutching pearls, <laughs> Dennis Miller, about the whole Michelle Wolf monologue, which Killed. killed. That, so good. She yeah. killed Brilliantly it. funny so and didn't just go for the easy targets of like the goon squad that is running this country, but like called out the media. And of course, when you call out the media at the media's dinner party, boy, do they suddenly get offended on behalf of Sarah Huckabee Sanders. <laughs> yeah. And it's a very particular kind of media because we are the media too. Well, that's true. <laughs> but the, the, yeah, the, the circle jerk beltway media that like yeah. values access over everything else. Ugh, yeah. yeah. They couldn't handle it. Poor babies. I was like, oh, Oh, and finally, the one and only, the super producer, uh, Film Fest programmer, correct? Yes. Yes. One of my favorites. It is Drea, the dope rhyme say a clock back in the building. Yay, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> 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 now, you, now you get the, the air horn every it's time like, you hear that. Oh, so filling. <laughs> so good. What is good, Drea? Um, what is good with me is that my mother visited me this weekend. Little Gidget came down. And, um, <laughs> Her name is Gidget? I call my mother Gidget. Okay, all right. I call my father the skipper. There were a lot of mom and dads out there, and I wasn't interested in that. Um, so <laughs> Gidget came and stayed with me, which was super funny anyway, because that doesn't happen a lot. So we went to see a motion picture together, and beforehand in the trailers, one came up for Tully, which is the Jason Reitman, written by Diablo Cody, starring Charlize Theron. 
Lincoln. And there's a moment in it where, you know, she's like this haggard mother and she's um, breast pumping and she puts this bag of breast milk down. And it just like it's a two second shot, if that. It's like a two frame shot. And this bag, this unsealed bag of breast milk tips over on the table. And my mother, who is decades past breastfeeding gasped like a horror film she was like Like, went back in her seat covered her mouth like I I was like well this is already the best cinematic experience I've ever had I laughed so hard that will coast me through her just visceral reaction to a moment from Tully like it was incredible take your moms to the theater we all all have our triggers Ricky what's good (laughs) yes Well, thank no, you, you earned Alonzo. That. I wasn't here last week. No, you I'm earned that. <laughs> What's good is that you're back, Alonzo. No, we missed you. Uh, but also what is back is uh, on Hulu, NYPD Blue is back. Oh. Yes. And I am, uh, I am already, I would say... Halfway, man, this is back when TV seasons were 22 episodes. Yeah. So I think I'm on like episode eight or nine well, of that's still season a two. Believe me, I'm slogging through the current season of Riverdale. It seems like it's never going to end. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so great to just be back in that world. NYPD Blue is like one of my favorite shows. You're a big uh, Sipowitz fan? Stan? Yeah, absolutely. I'm down, I, I roll with Sipowitz. It's very interesting to watch the show now with the climate of the world and how we feel about police officers and seeing what Sipowitz does. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you weren't crazy about it back then. But it just like adds in another like extra layer. Like I tried watching the pilot to the Shield uh, recently, and I was like, Nah, this shit is like. I love the show. I love the Shield, but I was like, Not right now. I can't watch mm-hmm. a bald white dude just beating up brown people. It's like after the 2016 election, I was done with House of Cards. I just I can't. Yeah, I, no, yeah, I, yeah totally. Yeah. Living it. No, don't That's need why it. I can't watch The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> oh, yeah. you guys, I mean, all that's... those people trying to get me in a cloak. Man. <laughs> <laughs> under his uh, eye under his eye everyone's yeah. just like I think you'd look good in red <laughs> <laughs> but it's man, 90's Bobby Simone 90's Jimmy Smits is like oh, yeah. oh so dope I uh, believe they would call it muy caliente oh ese tipo está caliente y medio entra al cuarto con sazón and just handle shit yo that's my man that's my man tan guapo tan guapo oh so uh, I'm in the middle of that right now and it's fantastic Shout out to Mike Post and one of the greatest TV theme songs of all time. <laughs> all right. Uh, on today's episode, y'all, we are going to be talking about Avengers Infinity War. Plus, we hatch a plan to make the next Avengers movie bigger and better. And as always, we will have our staff picks. But first, it's time for a news roundup game called It a Dick. Short for Is This Important? Do I Care? Here's how it works. I'll read a news blurb, a headline. April, Alonzo, or Drea will jump in with their take by answering these two questions. Is this important? Do I care? And here we go. Now, since we're starting the show off with some Avengers news, with the release of Avengers Infinity War, everyone is very careful about revealing spoilers. You know, one person who isn't? The Hulk himself, Mark Ruffalo. (laughs) This week, Screen Crush uncovered that he actually spoiled the ending of the movie last summer on Good Morning America. Let's listen to the interview with him and Don Cheadle. Everybody, don't worry. We're going to bleep the actual spoiler that he says. Here we go. That's a lot of fun. succeed in saving it? I can't. Can I say it? No. No? Can I just give him a little little taste? I wouldn't say too much, but you can say as much as you I mean, hey, it's your Let career. me just say this. Like every other Marvel movie, it doesn't end well for the superheroes. 
That's true, and Marvel, it, it doesn't end that well. Somebody always bites or gets really badly. Wait hurt. till you see this next one. Dude, dude, dude. No. Is that? No. Or alien, or whatever. Can we rewind that part? Yeah, can we re you'll cut that That's part not out. Is there anybody in Infinity War you, you get to meet that you're excited to meet? Then am I in trouble? A little. <laughs> is Barry going to be mad at me? Dude, I don't, I just move on. I wouldn't okay. try to like no, focus so, on it. What's that next question? Oh, so many handlers <laughs> running up to Ruffalo right now. What do I do? Is this important? Do you all care? Um, first off, I'm going to answer in the form of a question. Thank you. Is this important? Do I care? Because I like to think of myself as the parliamentarian of who shot you. And the instructions are, is this important? Do I care? Mm. So I want to make sure I'm answering both those things. Mm, please. Is this important? Obviously. I mean, like, to the <laughs> safety of the universe, this is important. <laughs> I can't explain how important this is. And do I care? No. No, I'm just kidding. The, um, I do think there's a nice dorkness to it because there's such a fandom. And it is kind of funny that this happened and wasn't really earthed out till now. Um, and there's a whole thread of this. Like, if you look at any of the junket stuff, there's actually a super cut of Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Holland. Oh, been, Tom Holland yeah. is the blabbiest of like, blabbiest. Yeah. They so must good. have been paired together for a junket because there's this thing of, like, eight different cuts of Tom Holland being, like, mid through a sentence and Benedict, like, da, 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 da. <laughs> And I like the idea of thinking of who's going to be the Don Cheadle of this pair? Like, who's going to rein the other person in? Good cop, chatty cop. <laughs> yes. yes. It has been 25 years since the release of Schindler's List, and a big help in the making of the film, none other than the late, great Robin Williams. At the 25th anniversary screening at the Tribeca Film Festival, Spielberg revealed, uh, quote, Robin knew what I was going through, and once a week, Robin would call me on schedule, and he would do 15 minutes of stand-up on the phone, and I would laugh hysterically because I had to release so much. But the way Robin is on the telephone, he'd always hang up on the loudest, best laugh he'd give him. He'd never say goodbye, just hang up on the biggest laugh. That's that's how that's how you went. Boom! You leave on your biggest laugh, y'all. Oh, is it's... this important? Do you care? Sorry, I was just over here weeping. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I mean, was it the Schindler's List or the Robin Williams? <laughs> Which one? I mean, they're both like the uh, horrendously sad things that are. Uh... You're like, oh, great! I forgot on this Wednesday to think about either Schindler's List or Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. <laughs> Man, yeah, this, so. this story brings to mind uh, other movies that I don't like. You know, I don't like Hook. I didn't like <laughs> Jacob the Liar, which was Robin Williams's like you know concentration camp Bicentennial movie. Bicentennial Man. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's a whole other thing. But also, <laughs> no. Toys. Okay, but that's nothing to do with the <laughs> subject at hand. There, we we could name crappy Robin Williams movies all night long. I also happen to think Schindler's List is crazily overrated, but that's a topic for another episode. <laughs> that's a that's a whole different podcast. Yeah, I'd 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 like I'll tell you that topic is important, and I do care. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we do our uh, established classics that you secretly don't like episode, okay. I'll, I'll circle. Oh, come back. on, that Ishak Perlman score? Are you fucking serious? <laughs> you can't get with that. I'm not saying it doesn't, doesn't have fight, things in fight, its favor. <laughs> it's got Ray Fiennes and that girl in the red coat and all, yes. but I mean, you know. Uh, it's, it's a whole. Let's, let's not even go into this can of worms. All right? <laughs> I 
brought it up on my own podcast, Linoleum Knife, and for weeks I got emails of people jokingly suggesting that I was a Holocaust denier. It's like, oh, <laughs> I just don't like Schindler's List. <laughs> There's a broad leap. Yes. That is a slippery thought, slope right into I thought into- so, too. <laughs> I will say it is really easy on set to be dragged into what you're doing, and the research, the prep, the being in the middle of it, and like... The the amount of background extras they had doing horrific, like, casting the skinniest people they could find. Like, nightmare. I can't Mm -hmm. imagine. So I also would be grateful to have a Robin Williams call me for 15 minutes trying to elicit laughter. Uh, Nah, I mean, how many times have I said it on this show? On this show, yo. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Tom Cruise is going to Tom Cruise. <laughs> right? Come on now. You've said it 53 times. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Dre went with the under there and you got me. <laughs> He's always doing crazy stunts for his films. He's jumping off buildings, breaking his ankles, hanging onto the side of flying planes. But during a presentation at CinemaCon, Tom Cruise told the audience that for his new film, Mission Impossible Fallout, he jumped out of a plane 106 times to film one scene. According to Cruise, they had to shoot it in the United Arab Emirates because it was, quote, the only place we could do this legally. Uh, Is this important? Do you care? Tom Cruise can't jump out of a plane enough times for me. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I, I, I admire his insane <laughs> insistence on doing his own stuff and you know uh i i would rather that we didn't have to hear about it i'd rather just like see it in the movie and be like hey wow he jumped out of that plane you know now i'm gonna be thinking hey wow it's the 106th take how <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, oh, he's the he's the david blaine of actors <laughs> like he's to tom cruise is to acting as david blaine is to magic you're like I guess that's adjacent to the description. <laughs> it's certainly noteworthy. I don't know. I do like it. And I, I think, too, I appreciate that Tom Cruise is a movie star. Yeah. Like, yes. He's not a human being. He's not living in, like, I'm sure that he sleeps in a chamber, you know, like, for 32 minutes because oh, it's yeah. all he requires. Pure like, oxygen. Yeah, and he, like there's, like, in. all sorts. And I want it. I want that for him. I like that he is... A just a full movie star, but I also appreciate for an action person that um, I'd rather have it be that way, like leaning hard into like, yes, throw me off this plane, have me climb this mountain, because on any set, it's from, you know, first on the call sheet. sheet and it sets the tone for everything and if you have an action film and first on the call sheet and the producer is Tom Cruise who's like oh I'm all in it's sort of <laughs> everyone is and I do think it comes across in the movies in a certain way I think this is going to be a good movie I, I never have a bad time with the Mission Impossible films I actually it's like one of my few joys when it comes to big budget like action <laughs> films my preferred yes. title for this movie is Angela Bassett talks about plutonium thank you <laughs> oh, yes indeed I, w- I hope that there's like a web series spinoff of that. Just like, <laughs> just that. Angela Bassett talks about plutonium, the Mission Impossible story. <laughs> yeah. The oh, president I- has declared ghost protocol. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should take a break. And during the break, we're going to write that script for that movie. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, Defen- <laughs> we come back, we're going to talk about Avengers Infinity War. Hello, are you looking for a new comedy podcast? In which case, can I draw your attention to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast? It's a fictional industry podcast for the beef and dairy industries. 
It won Best Comedy at the 2017 British Podcast Awards, and it features wonderful guests such as Greg Davis. To my knowledge, it's the only cow circus that's ever existed in this country. In rural Russia, every small town has a cow circus. Josie Long. You should have a beef. Have a beef with them. I have a beef with you. I will have a beef with you. Come round my house and I'll have a beef with you. And Andy Daly. That virus never existed. There was never any such thing as a mad cow disease. That was all a, a, an illusion that uh, Big Lamb came up with. That's the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts from. And I would recommend starting at episode one. Bye. Welcome back to Who Shall Ya? I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. Joining me in the studio today are... Alonzo Duraldi. April Wolf. Drea Clark. Oh, that's what's up. Today, we are talking about Avengers Infinity War. Oh, and this week, Alonzo, since you have returned <laughs> to us, and we have all just talked about your wonderful synopses that you give us. Oh, he's the best. Oh, oh yeah. Just... Everybody strap in. <laughs> get a beverage. <laughs> We're going we're gonna to be here for a while. All right. It's all led to this. Cue <laughs> <laughs> the music! So, uh, yeah, 18 Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe movies have plopped us down onto this one. So Thanos, who you'll recall, has popped up every so often and is the adoptive father of... Uh, the character who's always held on, Gamora, thank you, from Guardians of the Galaxy, is on a mission uh, to get the Infinity Stones. And if you don't know what the Infinity Stones are, go to Google, because we just don't have time. We don't have the time. Um, but he has a snappy new gauntlet that they're all going to fit in, and uh, you know he is not going to rest until he has gotten all six of them, because you know this is a movie for comic fans to understand, so it's about someone who is obsessed with having a complete collection. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he, we start off in the movie with the Asgardian refugee ship, uh, and Thor and Loki are there, and Heimdall, and things don't go so hot. And then next thing you know, he's sending minions down to Earth, where they run into, like, Iron Man and Doctor Strange, who meet for the first time. And then Spider-Man shows up, and he and Iron Man go back into space with the minions. Meanwhile, Thor meets the Guardians of the Galaxy. Everybody winds up in Wakanda, and <laughs> things do not go well, and to be continued. <laughs> that was good. That's, 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 a, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I, le- I kept leaning more and more forward. <laughs> <laughs> you wonder why we ask you to keep doing yeah. this, bro. Because of Academy Award winning performances <laughs> yes. such as those. Well, everybody, let's just get right into it. What did we think of, uh, of the movie? Did it live up to the hype? Did it disappoint? How do we feel walking out of Avengers Infinity War? I feel I felt great. I felt I'm a big fan of all these. I've seen them all numerous times. And it's one of those that... <laughs> like Alonzo said, it's not just the 18th movie. There's more than 18 heroes in this movie. <laughs> and that is a lot to juggle. And I feel, in general, one of the things I've appreciated about all of the Avenger films are the way that they really take advantage of them as ensembles and give... I mean, it's especially the first Avengers is a perfect example of, you know, they each have a power, they each have something, and then they all have their own arc. They all have an emotional beat. They all have a time to shine. They all have something they have to contribute to the end to win. And um, and I felt even in this one when they're spread, like, there's like 
four different groups of five people each, like <laughs> on different planets. And even in that, they each get a moment to make a joke, a moment to be a hero, a moment to be afraid, a moment to have something. And so there is, you know, with that, there's maybe not like, oh, I didn't feel as emotionally connected or I didn't have all of that because you're dealing with so much. But I still think they handled all of those storylines, all of those things better than like Suicide Squad or mm. the Justice League or yep. some of the X-Men movies that had infinitely less characters that didn't give them all the same thing. So I felt really good about it in that way. It, it took me back to like being a kid on a long car trip in the summer. And in the summer is when they would put out like the really sort of thick comic books where there was maybe one 32-page news story and then it was all filler from like decades past. But that 32-page story would be like, the Justice League meets the Justice Society, you know? And then they would all, yeah, they would divvy up into smaller groups to go do their thing and Earth 1 Superman would be over here and Earth 2 Batman is over here. <laughs> da, 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 you know? And then later you would get like your Secret Wars and your Crisis on Infinite Earths and stuff. And, and you would literally have those double-truck like two-page splash pages. It was just every hero you ever thought of standing in a room listening to one guy talk and figuring out what they were going to do next. <laughs> and this movie, to me, felt like the, the 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 cinematic equivalent of that and just jamming all these people together. And luckily, we got all, this, we got all the origin stories taken care of. So that's yeah. done. We don't need to dibble with that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I just I, – I kind of – it was it was the giant bowl of ice cream that if you like Marvel, you, you're going to like all of the Marvel at the same time. I wish we could describe April's face right I now know. because <laughs> I don't know which direction you're going to go, but you're giving such there, a grumpy there's cat There's a slow vibe. plume of steam coming out. <laughs> We're all like shaking What's in our doing? chair I'm and just like, I'm just like thinking. I'm just taking it in. Oh, no. And y'all are like, y'all are like, pres- like prescribing that I'm like, oh, I'm mad. So now I feel like I... <laughs> I didn't say no, that. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah. no, no. I'm excited. Excited, edge of my seat. April, tell us how much you love this movie. <laughs> I thought it was okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Jump back. Yes. I, I thought it was okay. I mean, it's... it's uh, There's I, the poster. There... <laughs> was I, it confidence? Well, yeah. I mean, you, you definitely have people, like I agree with Drea, that you get to have um, a moment for each person and character, but, you know, they're also trying to, like, shoehorn these, like, really big emotional moments in there that just, like, they don't they don't sit, they don't hit, because to, to have emotion, you need to have the time to set those things up and I think that time just wasn't there and I think if you're reading a comic book you you get to make the own pace your own pace of sure. how you read a story mm-hmm. and I think that that sometimes just doesn't translate onto the screen so like maybe take like a pause for this one big emotional beat that like it's for me it just doesn't register mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe for some folks it does because they just binged all of the other movies beforehand. So they're like ready and they're primed. But it's just a it's it's that's so much to expect from people. Um, It just didn't seem like it, it hit me. And I feel like I guarantee you, like the writers are just like, yeah, we know that. We know that we, like, <laughs> sure. I know because like they are trained writers who know that you actually need to have certain build ups and they can do the best that they can with what they have. But they but couldn't make a four hour movie. Yeah. And, and to me, I'm watching this and I'm just like, why isn't this just mul- multiple movies? Why the fuck are you putting this in a single movie? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense to me because I'm like, OK, well, you got this one for three hours, but you, you could have done all of this and had it 
you know, Harry Potter did that shit. Well, like, it's, it's if, not even if, a single movie is the thing. Though. No, this, yeah. this ends yeah. so, like when they originally announced these movies, you know, when they were doing those giant Marvel calendars of the Phase next, one. The yes. next Phase 20 two. years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was like Infinity War Part 1 and Infinity yep. War Part 2. And then they dialed that back, like, no, 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 no. They're going to be two completely separate movies. And now that we've seen this one, it's like, no, liar. <laughs> yeah. This is Infinity liar. War Part 1. Yeah. Yes. And so when the other one comes out, I think we'll be able to look at those two movies in tandem. Yeah. I think the, the next 12 months is the only time in history that anybody's going to talk about Infinity War unto itself. Yeah. Hmm. Like, for, once that follow-up comes out, we will always talk about Avengers 3 and 4 together. Yeah. I, th- I think I was as satisfied with it as you could be. There, I... The the emotional payoffs for me, I guess I'm one of the people who, I, I mean, I did not binge watch all 47 of these movies before I went to go see it, but the emotional payoffs to me were just seeing everybody work together, and I like that when everybody was together, we spent 25 minutes with this crew, and then we spent another 25 minutes with Thor and and and, and Groot and uh, and the Rabbit, and then we spent another <laughs> twenty five minutes with so and so. I was really worried that it was going to be, you know, a quick line bing, here, bing. and then let's jump to what Iron Man's thinking, and then let's mm-hmm, see what yeah. Captain America's up to. So we kind of got to spend some some time with them on each one, and it almost felt like we were getting these little mini movies or these little mini issues real quick. Were there characters uh, that, that you liked better than others in this movie? That yes. like that. Because I feel like the writers wrote certain characters better, so they well, had better points. Some of them are paired. Sorry, but no, no. some of them are just paired and really interesting. Like Thor and the Guardians, I think, stand out because mm-hmm. it lends itself to a natural comedic element. Well, because I heard that of... Thor wasn't originally written comedically, and then they... they after Ragnarok. After Ragnarok, they yeah. had to consult with... Well, it makes... That was like the Ghostbusters. They saw how funny yeah. it could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so even, had to rewrite that, the like, whole thing. even without the comedy, if you put Thor next to Peter Quill, there's going to be a comparison. Like, Chris Pratt is funny. Even if he was the only one funny in that. Yeah. yeah. Pairing or, like, pairing Doctor Strange and Tony Stark. That's what I was like, they that, have, That's a good one. They have things there that, like... They, someone even said, like, even their facial hair mirrors each other, but, like, <laughs> yep. they're both egomaniacal. They are both incredibly wealthy, very intelligent, very, you know, they are very, very similar and as such would clash in really interesting ways. Well, and up, and up, no, sorry, I was no, no, say, no. up until now, like, the Guardians haven't inter- interacted with any yeah. of these characters, mm-hmm. and the Wakandans. Winter Soldier and Captain America a little, but that's about it. So just to have them in the mix at all, so to have like you know Groot in Wakanda, you know to have uh, yeah, like you said, Thor and Peter Quill next to each other, that in itself seemed kind of exciting. And then yeah, to take people who were a little more interactive but still hadn't met, like Doctor Strange and Iron Man, they they found a way to sort of whether they were going for the laugh or not, it was just kind of like yeah, this is all part of the thing we do here, which is it's sort of like you know DC used to have, and, and Marvel would have these sort of monthly team-up books for their really popular characters. So, like, you know, every every issue of Marvel team-up was Spider-Man and somebody. And after a while, it would be like, Spider-Man and Red Sonja. You know, like, they would just, they, you know, Batman and the You're Phantom in. Stranger, like, two people that have no reason to be in the same room together. We're going to figure out a way to do it for this issue. Yeah. You know? It made me retroactively go back and like Doctor Strange, uh, specifically the character because I liked the movie but part of the problem that I had with that movie was I was like this is just Tony Stark with a cape that's all he thinks he knows everything in the room he's got his little like zingers uh, he's more of an asshole 
But then, like, seeing them two together and just kind of, like, butt heads, the way that, like, I enjoyed them butting heads way much more than watching him and Ca- watching Iron Man and Captain America butt heads in the other movies. Because yeah. I was just like, nah, these two guys just kind of seem more on the level. And they should have been in the same frat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then one of them, like, found religion and one, like, in- inherited something. That the, the, and, w- w- I mean, we're, we're going to avoid spoilers as much as possible, but you guys have to know out there that there are some people who are going to live in this movie and some people who do not live uh, at the end of this movie. You can say die. <laughs> and they will, all right. Some people don't make it. Uh, just because how the internet is and how... We just know that there's another phase of Marvel movies coming out. When we get to the end, I didn't care. I was like, I know so-and-so is going to come back in this next movie. I know that person over there has their whole other thing sure. going and on. And I've heard people... So I don't, I've, they I've showed heard... a trailer to, uh, to Solo beforehand, and there's like a moment where it looks like Chewbacca's going to die. Chewbacca is not <laughs> going to die, y'all. In a prequel. That's not happening. Yeah, we've... So I just don't... <laughs> But but here's the thing. I, I've heard people. I've heard people blame like, oh, internet and the marketing, the blah blah blah. I think we would just know inherently that this is not permanent. And that's, yes. and, and in the comics, like in the, the comics themselves, this stuff happens all the exactly. time. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I made the joke in my review that you know, if you're a comics fan, you know that nobody stays dead except Bruce Wayne's parents. <laughs> so it's that's like funny. It, it, you can you can you can jazz all this up, but you know that they're going to have takesy backsies at some point. I read a really good. I'm sorry. I heard I heard something really good too about like that's the great thing about comic books when you read them as a kid is you know you 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 think this person that you're you know this superhero that you're just so invested in is going to die and that's kind of how you you know as a kid you just start to learn like oh shit there's this peril out there and I have to start dealing with these real world issues that I might possibly run into as I get older. But I think that the second part, part two, because this movie ended and I totally agree that it, I was almost waiting for them to put up part one. Like when they put the titles <laughs> up at the end, yeah. like joke was on you guys, that was part one. But So in part two, I do think when we're talking about the whole piece, there will be legitimate deaths that people won't come back yes. from. Yeah. And I think Absolutely. that the, what they were laying with this, because... One of the things I liked about it, that this movie starts literally where Thor Ragnarok ends. Mm-hmm. Like, you're on the ship with the Asgardians escaping, and they don't bother trying to set you up. If you know, you should know, it's a serial. Like, yeah. you should know this episode. We're not... We're not even giving you a previously on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You jump up with us. And, um, and so they're moving so quickly. And so from the very beginning, there's action, and there's comedy, and then, you know, from you know, some way into it, there's people start dying. And I do think, because it's not all like, oh, the last shot is a person dying. This is like things sort of sprinkled throughout in story. And that's why I think some may be reversed, some may not. And so when we get to the end of all of this, part of these next 12 months, and what I think is really fun, is the deep theorizing of what (laughs) all that is. And like, I'm like, oh, I could talk to you for 12 hours about what I think will be the sacrifices exhibited in the next movie and how all of the narrative will twinge on that. But like, that's kind of another cool element of this kind of world and how they've created it. And so you do know the spoilers of who have their individuals. But... Do you think that that makes these movies impervious to criticism? Because I've been increasingly thinking this because you 
you can't critique something that will evolve, that people will constantly have theories about for what happens next. Because if there are new movies, new things, then that means that, like, you can't necessarily critique something for just what it is. It 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 seems like it has to be, like, part of this long but continuation. I, I, think there are, I think there are better and worse movies within this continuum, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I think, like, you know, the Incredible Hulk with... Uh, with uh, Eric uh, Bana? no, no, Ed Norton. Ed Norton, you know, yeah. is that's that's that always makes the bottom of everybody's list mm-hmm. on these, and everybody, everybody ranks these movies, and it's sort of like, you know, we're kind of we generally agree that like, you know, yes, Guardians of the Galaxy and Black Panther are near the top, and like maybe, you know, I like Thor: The Dark World more than most people do, but a lot of people <laughs> put that one toward the bottom, you know. So I mean, I think that I think if they were impervious to criticism, we wouldn't be able to sort of say like, well, this one worked for me, and I'm less fond of you know Ant Man or whatever. Um, no, but I'm not even talking about like ranking. I'm talking talking about actual criticism like no but i, I think you know can... like really grappling with what each one does cinematically and in you know like each scene you know like the things that we do for other movies mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you know if i watch like a, a drama or something i'm looking at the cinematography i'm looking at like the how it serves this particular scene and, and what that means because it's like it's almost like we overlook it because we're looking at the the bigger picture i, well, I, 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 I think a lot of them have a beginning middle and end though that you can sort of discreetly pull it away and say, like, you know, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, you know, the first Guardians movie. Like, even if you didn't see the other 16 movies and you don't care about what's being teased out for future movies, you can look at this as a film unto itself and talk about its, you know, qualities. I think Thanos, because, I mean, maybe it's just because it's the first week still and we're all just, like, caught up in the, oh, man, the Avengers movie. I actually think Thanos, for me, was, like, right up there with, like, Gollum, uh, in the two towers, like, whoa, man, we are really spending time with this character that is not real. That's just like a dude. Who, I don't know if Josh oh. Brolin was on set and he just had like, the, if they still put like the balls on him and whatnot. But I was like, <laughs> I'm buying what I'm seeing right now. I'm invested. Like, he's not just like showing up and being like, I'm Thanos, <laughs> like fighting everybody. There's like some emotional weight to it. Yeah. Visually, it looks good. And just, I was surprised. I was like, damn, we are still. Hanging out with Thanos right now when yeah. I'm just going on to another yeah. scene. I, I wish Peter and I thought Quill. That was, oh, sorry, no, 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 no. I, I was just I, I admired that they were they. I mean, I don't know if they double down on it, but it wasn't just like I'm showing up, I'm the bad guy, and then yeah, I'm out of yeah. here. Right. It's like oh, okay, now I'm gonna watch a scene with him and on his or like you know with his daughter or you know with with with, with Gamora for a minute. You know, like, and he had an exact purpose that was more than like in the dark world. One of the complaints, right, is Malekith just he wants to bring darkness to the nine <laughs> yeah. planets, realms, right, the nine realms. realms. Whereas this, it was a very like Thanos wants to collect these things and he wants to do this exact thing with them mm-hmm. which all I could think of too I was like he and Ozymandias from Watchmen, Watchmen had yeah. the same exact <laughs> no, right MO yes. like, I, I, I compared him to the philosopher Malthus whose big thing was like oh, you out nerded the, me the, the, yeah. the, you know, I thought I was going to get points for that Ozymandias I you totally do Damn. 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 but like no, Malthus's whole thing is like the world would be great if there were half as many of us and we could all enjoy the resources you know yeah. and it's this whole notion of like yeah, if we could just like I don't know somehow manage to kill off a big chunk of the population, then suddenly like you know look at all the food we'd all have. Yeah, you know? Thanos is going to have such a good time in the op-ed column in the New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> He's like he already he got hired immediately after the premiere, and they were like, we've got to get this Thanos. Yeah. Guy. What a what an outside the box thinker this guy! It's going to blow their mind in one month when they find out. 
that he's killed women. What? <laughs> he killed women? And then there was like some There complaints. was no way to know. <laughs> when, when, but early on, Peter Quill makes a joke that his chin looks like a nutsack, and I couldn't stop seeing that for the rest <laughs> of yes. the movie. Yes. <laughs> There's our biggest spoiler. His chin lo- Peter Quill says his chin looks like a nutsack. <laughs> Well, what are we what are we telling the people here? Avengers: Infinity War. Should they screen it, stream it, or skip it? Trey, I'll start with you. I think if you're a fan of these movies, well, you're gonna see. You already saw it. I would personally recommend screening this. I think that it's the kind of thing. First off, you might need to to discern what's going on. A big screen might help you with that. <laughs> but um, it's a big old movie, and I think it's a fun kind of film outing and I think if you're into this thing you're into it that said you will know if you're not into this kind of movie and then you're fine there's wonderful things on Masterpiece that I would recommend instead Uh, April? Doesn't matter what I think. <laughs> it, it always matters what you think. April, I know, always. I mean, like, Come on now. You're going to see it anyway. The, why does it? That's it's mine. It's the law. That's, I think it's like mandated by law at this point. Like yeah you have in this in this new world order that we have, <laughs> you're you have to go and see this. So do it. <laughs> Get it in. <laughs> Screen it. I mean, yeah, this is a big, fun, dumb popcorn movie, and it's it, it is stuffed to the gills with characters and incidents and stuff, and you just want to. Have it overwhelm you because it will anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Screen this movie. It's super fun. Uh, I'm sick as hell of superheroes, but I mean, this was dope, yo. I'm not a crazy person. I'm not going <laughs> to say when shit isn't hot. And this one was hot. All two hours and 36 minutes of it. Yeah, yeah. I um, would have watched four more hours. <laughs> I, yeah, if, 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 if like, it, it goes to black, if it just would have started, like, all right, now the next, the next day, I'd be like, cool. Go get some more popcorn. Go get some more popcorn. All right, we are going to uh, take a break. When we come back, oh, we are going to be forming our own Avengers squad. You're listening to Who Shot Y'all. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Griffin McElroy. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. And we've got a new podcast on Maximum Fun called Wonderful. Wonderful. It's an enthusiast podcast where we talk about things that we're excited about and things that you're excited about. Things like overalls. 24-hour Sudafed. The grand prize game. The fact that wombats use their butts to kill predators. The soundtrack to the movie Dick Tracy. The beach potion we call Bud Light Line. All these things and more every Wednesday. And we'll also talk about things that you're excited about. You can find us on MaximumFun.org or iTunes or wherever. I don't know. Just search Wonderful. Google it, you'll probably get there. Welcome back to Who Shall You? I'm your host, Ricky Carmona, and joining me in the studio are Drea Clark, April Wolf, and Alonzo Duralde. Now, we just watched Avengers Infinity War, and as entertaining as it was to see, I don't know, keep track of like 80 Marvel superheroes in one movie, it just was not enough. So for this segment, we are going to add even more characters to the Avengers team, and guess what? We are recruiting characters beyond the Marvel Cinematic Universe, beyond the MCU, I say. The only catch is, instead of superheroes, we're actually going to add our favorite characters from other movie genres. Here's how it'll work. I'll name a genre. <laughs> and, oh, oui? <laughs> and each of us is going to select one character from that movie genre to join the Avengers. Uh, each one each one of us is going to get to pick one character from each said genre. Okay, tampoco hay para tanto. It's a genre, right? 
Sheesh. All right, here are the four genres. <laughs> so the four movie genres, just so you guys can start having them in your head, are rom-coms, James Cameron movies, musicals, and mafia movies. <laughs> Uh, Drea, it seems like you're very excited to get started. So, uh, how excited about we? St- and nervous. <laughs> uh, hopefully, everybody's as terrified as I am right now because I have, I'm like, oh god, I got to go through eight million movie people in my head. Drea, we'll start with you. All right, so let's start with rom coms. Rom coms, yes. Ooh, thank God, that's like my sweet <laughs> zone. You're gonna need to circle back to me for the others. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, rom coms. I feel like I referenced a little bit of this. In I Feel Pretty, but the Judy Greer best friend, um, which she's played in several things. I'm thinking of the Katherine Heigl um, 27 Dresses Judy Greer. Okay. Or Judy Greer in 13 Going on 30. Um, I would put the Judy Greer best friend in to the Avengers. Okay. I think you want that sardonic, snarky, it's sort of the Kat Dennings-ish, but she's going to for sure know where all the weapons are. All right. Okay. And uh, keep you accessorized. She's got skills. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. April. Uh, uh, Gerard Depardieu in Green Card. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> He's just an interesting guy. I think he'd be fun. Um, he's definitely gets things done, and I, I feel like you could maybe count on him. He knows where the wine is. <laughs> he knows where the wine is. He's fun. I mean, like, the alternative is, like, Julia Roberts' character in My Best Friend's Wedding, because she is scheming as shit, you know? Yeah. Like, she's the villain, though. She's she, definitely she's the villain. villain. Yeah, she would yeah. help Thanos. No, no, yeah. I think you need to, like, you need to recruit some villains sometimes. you got to reach across the aisle to, yeah. to your Lokis and, uh, you know. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Well, I think they're going to need somebody hyper-competent and organized, so I'm going for uh, Sandra Bullock's character in two weeks' notice. Yes! <laughs> you mean at the end of two weeks' notice? Yes. Oh, no. Yeah, so I was thinking of 28 days. No, <laughs> two weeks' notice. I heard the number and I went to a whole different movie. No, she's Soba in this yeah. one. Is where she's like, you know, oh, Hugh yeah. Grant's hyper-efficient administrative assistant. Mm-hmm. She's a lawyer, thank you very much. Is she? She is a lawyer. She went to Harvard. Okay. She says it several times. In the movie. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen it more recently than I have. So okay, guilty. Uh, since you know, I mean, it's it's the Avengers. Everybody's going to be you know wearing their their superhero costume, their uniform. So I'm bringing somebody to the table who is going to make sure that everybody knows how to coordinate. You got to coordinate. Oh, yeah. oh, you have to coordinate both your <laughs> outfits and your time. Got to coordinate. Thank, thank you, yeah. thank you. When you open up that cape, you want to see. Oh man, there's more cape. Bam. So I'll be bringing John Witherspoon from Boomerang nice. onto this team oh. to make sure that everybody coordinates. You know what I'm saying now? Yeah. I thought you were doing Marissa Tomei from My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> My biological clock. All right. <laughs> so that's enough of that. That's enough of that. Uh, all right. Let's move on to James Cameron movies now. Oh. <laughs> I'll go first. Oh, yeah, let's, yeah, let's go this way. Drea can order last. <laughs> uh, I nominate the water column from the abyss. Ooh, oh, yeah. yes. Do not fuck with the water column from the abyss. <laughs> it's going to take you out. <laughs> I like that very much so. Indeed. April. I'm going to say that, that cold-hearted bitch Rose... Because <laughs> yeah. she could have let she could have let that that yeah. boy live on on the the float, and she was like, "Nah, 
She's prepared to make the hard decisions. She's like, I, I can do this. This is me. I, this is all me. This raft is mine. And I'm so sorry we had such a good time. But yeah, she can make some hard decisions. And I appreciate that in a crew member. And if she gets an infinity stone, she's going to throw that thing to the bottom of the fucking ocean. Oh, yeah. It's true. I mean, it's it has been fated. So yeah. um, I'm going to say Sigourney Weaver's character in Avatar. Um, she Because, you know, she's science, but she's empathy. I think she can excel in either. She's proved herself in battle, both against humans and against the Navi. What is are it they? Navi? Navi yeah, yes. you got it right. I you don't know. Right. Yeah, they're jump. Like, they're like blue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still haven't seen it. Sorry. Nice. That's Zoe Saldana blue as opposed to Zoe Saldana green. Oh, great. Yeah. Cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver. Ricky. I'm making sure that I get my girl's name right. Uh, oh, you you get to use your handheld computer. We're all using our brains. All right, fine. All right. Well, then, my people, please don't get angry at me. Uh, I am going with uh, uh, from uh, Aliens, my girl Vasquez. Jeanette Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, because I mean, she's just uh, next to Sigourney Weaver. I think she's the baddest one. Oh, of the yeah. Jeanette Goldstein. Sorry. Yes. Yes. yes she yes, plays. Yes, yeah. She Jenna plays Goldstein. Vasquez. Yes. 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 Yeah. yes. I mean, she's just a. Badass. Yeah. And then when I found out that was a white woman playing like, I, I was like, what? Like an Irish white woman. <laughs> oh, yeah. come on now. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone's Irish. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's go to the genre that I will be struggling with musicals. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm going to say Tracy Turnblad from Hairspray. Good wow. one. I feel like if you are looking, every team needs that member that is just like pep. And optimism and keeping you focused, eyes on the prize. Mm. And she is like just determination and spirit. And she can dance and move for hours at mm. a time. Like, I think it's a solid team member right there. Solid choice. April. Jean Valjean, I can hear the people sing. <laughs> and they are asking for Jean Valjean in the Avengers. I like that you have neglected to say the movie these are from for the last two. They're both totally clear. But you're like, yeah, you're in my head. Who else is Jean Valjean in, Drea? Who else? <laughs> what, what, I mean, he should be in the Avengers. I'm not even going to say which don't, movie. Don't, you guys should, it's you one of the worst know. screen musicals of all time. Why mention it now? Uh, Alonzo. Uh, Cosmo Brown from Singing in the Rain. Because mm. he's just like, he's a born improviser and he's always on top of things and uh, it maintains a snappy patter. And, you know, he's the kind of guy you want in your corner. He's That's the, the greatest wingman of all time. Wait, is that the Danny O'Connor character? Uh, the uh, Donald uh, O'Connor. Donald yeah. O'Connor, okay. Yes. Uh, He's I, the one who does make him laugh. So he's him. acrobatic. Love him, love Irish. Him, love him. <laughs> Irish. Irish and everyone's Irish. <laughs> uh, for my musical choice, I will be bringing some brains to our squad. So I'm going with 19 Grammy award winning Scarecrow Michael Jackson from The Wiz, yo. Mm. Oh, that's good. Thank mm. you. Thank you. My man uh, sings that you can't win. But you know what? We can win. Yes, we can. We can win. We can win. All right, and our last uh, genre. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes I love making Alonzo angry. <laughs> it makes me happy. Mafia movies, y'all. Mafia movies. Okay, I don't know if it counts, but I'm stealing Marissa Tomei from my cousin Vinny. I wish she would, girl. I wish she would. She, you know, she should be in everything. She's adjacent to the Avengers anyway. But yeah. um, I think that that character... 
Again, I like a bossy broad. Like, she is going to keep people towing the line. If we're choosing sides, she is going to call you out if you get on the wrong one. I think she's a good spark plug to have in the team. Mm, Okay. Okay. April. Also, I guarantee she knows her way around a firearm. (laughs) (laughs) Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And a tire tread. (laughs) I I had to look up his name. I couldn't remember his character. Frank Lucas from... American gangster because I just oh, need yes. I just need Denzel Washington somewhere on the team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't we all? Because I feel like he will be the leader, and I need a leader to follow. And I think that, like I just want to hear him talk and get pepped up about like how to kill people or whatever we have to kill. I don't. We've got to kill something. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and, and I think that he can get me in the mood for that. So yeah. <laughs> He will get you in the mood <laughs> for killing. <I'm> killing. <laughs> Alonzo. Uh, Talia Shire's Connie Corleone from Godfather 3. Whoa! <laughs> Nicely who specific. Is a terrifying yeah. presence. Like the the water column from the abyss's balls just retracted into its cavity <laughs> when Connie Corleone shows up. That's all I'm going to say. Ah, that's all you need to say. Oh, that's what's up. I appreciate that you looked at The Godfather and were like, I'm going matriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> You're all kidding yourself. <laughs> I'm going Godfather 2 because at one point we are going to need to sacrifice somebody <laughs> to get out of a situation. And I love you, Fredo, but you ain't going to make it, bro. You ain't going to make it. I'm sorry. That is I'm sorry. thinking. Hey, it is. good. I mean, strategic. Yeah. He's like, oh, cool. Ricky picked me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was like, why is Marissa Tomei so close to me? Yeah. Fredo, just take two steps to the left, bro. Just stand right there. We have a so, mission. Say hi to Luca Brazzi. <laughs> oh, our team is saving the planet, yo. That mm. is what is happening. Uh, you know, let's read a couple. We asked uh, people online which non-Marvel characters they want on their squad. I'm just going to go through a couple. If anybody sees a favorite in here that they want to go to, go ahead and yell that one out. Uh, right up. You know what? Uh, Drea, what does Rolf Strawbar uh, dig? Weren't you just talking to this dude uh, online? Possibly. I talk to a lot of strangers online. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's really I, hard I, to I keep track. Ex- I thought she I saw an like exchange an between list, man. you two. <laughs> <laughs> I did. No, I did get an accept. Well, actually, all of these are really good choices. He said Red Sonia, which I thought was solid, and had a mention of something about how they needed more female Avengers, which they do. So yeah. thank you, Rolf, for mm-hmm. noticing and yeah, we'll take Son- Red Sonia on our team for sure. <laughs> I want to give a big old shout out to at Sissy in HWD. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Pootie Tang, come on! <laughs> you know when that went up, I assumed it was you. <laughs> and then I was like, Why is Ricky posting under an alias? <laughs> well, I have several Twitter accounts. He will yeah. sign your pity on the running card. Thank you. Oh man, I just want to see like his his hair whip like against Thanos. You know, just, like, <laughs> <laughs> I just think that it could be a good matchup. <laughs> Two of these I saw when they went up on Twitter and I made the same yelping snort like <laughs> of excitement. And one is from a Rockmoose Marsh, the mm-hmm. bowler from Mystery Men, which is the Janine Garofalo character and her father's skull is in a bowling ball and she bowls people with it, which I thought was amazing. And then another one which tons of people got psyched about was from Frank F. Quinlano, who said Jessica Fletcher. Which was my which, immediate thought as well. I was also, suck up to April. I was like, now, April Wolf also has an anonymous thing that she has. Yeah. They were speaking to your hearts. I feel, I feel like I got to shout out Frank there because it's like, hey, 
Yeah. I know. I know, man, right? <laughs> like, I, I see, see you. I you see are you. seen. You are seen. <laughs> game recognized game. Uh, thank you, as always, to everybody who, uh, who replies to our questions uh, uh, on Twitter there. All right. Uh, it's almost time for us to go. But uh, before we do, it is time for Staff Picks. Every week we ask a panel to tell us about a movie uh, they want to recommend that you can find anywhere. Uh, Alonzo, let's start with you. What do you got? So this is opening at least in L.A. and New York this weekend and possibly wider. It's a new documentary called RBG about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who is, uh, frankly, if we're talking about needing more women on the Avengers, yeah, come on, the notorious RBG. Uh, <laughs> in the movie, actually, Gloria Steinem says that, that she's as close to a superhero as she's ever met. And I got to agree. I knew how I thought I knew how cool Ruth Bader Ginsburg was. I didn't know the half of it. Uh, her life story is extraordinary. Her advocacy for women's rights in the not-too-distant past, people. I know you millennials think it's always been just peaches, cream, and maternity leave, but no. <laughs> it's a whole other thing going on out there. Uh, a, a, a... Wait, we have maternity leave? <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing that came to mind. That as soon as I said it, I was like, no, that's not a thing. It was a uh, great joke. It's a sadder reality. It is, <laughs> in fact. Anyway, dynamite movie, just uh, inspirational and and exciting and uh, really well put together. Uh, and they've added a theme song sung by Jennifer Hudson. So, you know, it just gets better. Uh, so, yeah, RBG. Okay, thank you. Uh, before I say mine, I think I should uh, jump off of what Alonzo was saying because uh, Julie Cohen and Betsy West, the directors of RBG, are on Switchblade Sisters this week talking about um, uh, the movie Carrie. And I did Brian not know that that was a thing. So. And, <laughs> and so we get to we get to talk to those directors about um, all the things that Ruth cool. Bader Ginsburg did and also all the things that Carrie White did. <laughs> uh, so definitely listen to that. My pick this week is a Norwegian film that I watched that I've been – if you've been paying attention to me online at all – you know that I was like last week saw a movie that was blew me away that I thought was just like going to be okay and then I was like what the fuck is this weird Norwegian action adventure movie that is also fun and funny and beautiful and um, historical because I fucking love history Um, (laughs) and uh, it's called it is called The Twelfth Man and it is um, directed by this guy who normally just does Norwegian comedies like his famous comedies are called like Long Flat Ball one and two <laughs> like for real but this movie is based on um the real story of like this uh norwegian hero who um in world war ii um traveled all across norway like northern norway like very dangerous like terrain um with nothing but the clothes on his back with the toes rotting off of his feet because he got shot by the nazis and then um uh the kindness of strangers and it is uh, an adventure movie that is about like the kindness of humans and their ability to overcome evil and i'm getting chills just thinking because i just i love that kind of movie and especially right now i just need to see that kind of thing where all these people band together to to try to um to you know fight nazis to fight nazis (laughs) but just not even to like fight them because this is a very different kind of war film because they're not even fighting what they're trying to do is just make let one man survive that's and it's it's a very different kind of story and and i just i fell in love with it it's also just beautifully shot great terrain um they even shot through blizzards and stuff so it's 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 an awesome thing uh so look up uh, the 12th man i think it's uh it's going to be on demand and if you can see it in a couple big cities they've got in the theater that's what's up 
Drea. Well, weirdly, mine is long flat balls one. <laughs> <laughs> two is really the, the second better one. one. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can all agree two doesn't hold up. <laughs> um, no, I'm super sad. I don't know more about that. But um, no, I was actually thinking of the Avengers and superheroes and distilling from um, a superhero supernatural film that has 80,000 heroes in it to a much smaller scale that has one. And it's colossal. Yes. Um, with Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis, and which is more kaiju than superhero, but in the same sort of fantastical world. Mm-hmm. And I actually rewatched that recently. I think it's on like Amazon Prime it or is. Netflix. Yeah. Okay, it's on Amazon Prime. And um, and in looking at it, was even more excited about the complexity of Anne Hathaway's character, and that it's one of those things that takes a supernatural or a hero story and makes a metaphor out of it that's really thoughtful and rich and complicated, and and I think it builds well, and it's also really hard to set up the rules of those worlds sometimes, mm-hmm. and I think this one sticks the landing. I think it makes sense how they, they're like, oh, sure, this is why this happened. In this small way, it's fine. You're fine. (laughs) And this is how it's resolved. And you're fine. And um, I think it's really, really thoughtful and has a lot to say about everything from addiction to loneliness to icky codependent relationships and um, also, you know, monsters. Yes. And it was very undersung when it came out. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, And I I was very, very disappointed that people didn't see the point that I saw. Oh, yeah. In in rewatching it, I was like, Oh, this is spot on on so yeah. many emotional levels. Yep. So I don't think I've. I, well, I, I don't know. I, I know I haven't seen it since we since uh, we yeah. had to watch it very early on. And yeah, I, I was like, oh, this is great. Everybody's gonna love this. No, yeah. okay. Ugh. Jeez. Yep. Well, colossal. Now's your chance. Yeah, check get it your, out on Amazon Prime. On it. Uh, I have watched another. Uh, <laughs> we had we had Dave Schilling on the show a few weeks ago, and when he was on here, uh, he had mentioned that he went and saw the Andre the Giant documentary that was uh, coming out. It has been released on HBO, and I watched it, and it lives up to the hype. It's a really great uh, story about Andre the Giant. I did not realize. I'm going to say it was a sad life that he lived. He lived a he lived a good life, but he lived a life very much in physical pain. Uh, I was not aware of how much physical pain he was in, especially working on uh, the Princess Bride. They get into his work on the Princess Bride. They get into how he's like one of the rare actors at that time. Now it's kind of become a norm. Uh, wrestlers who are able to be taken seriously in movies or mm-hmm. are just able to appear in movies. Uh, it's a, it's on HBO, and HBO, I think, does really good uh, documentaries. Uh, and then, yeah, it's, oh, man, I just felt so bad for my man Andre because growing up watching that dude, you're like, oh, man, he's he's the best. And I remember specifically being so disappointed when he kind of like becomes a villain in the wrestling world. And in the documentary, they talk about how much he was, it like emotionally affected him because he would like go to cities and you know, go around the world and everybody loves him. And then he goes to cities and around the world and children are booing him and just like, mm-hmm. you know, just throwing all this negative energy at him. And he didn't really like bounce back well emotionally from that. And then his health problems really kicked in. And unfortunately, I mean, I, I also thought, I was like, oh, Andre Giant, he died when he was like 87. 
And he was like in his like early 40s when he passed away. And I was like, oh, man. Uh, that being said, hell of a documentary. Damn. <laughs> Can't recommend it enough. Whoa. That was <laughs> an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, but it's really great. It's really well done. Uh, I, I recommend it if you, if you got that HBO paper. Next week, we'll be talking about Overboard. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five-star reviews. Get a shout-out on the show. Let's get into it. Carter from the Black Lagoon says, fun people with interesting reviews. Mazzy says, uh, similar to Linoleum Knife. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another fun movie podcast. This one is people giving a fresh, funny, down-to-earth take on recent movies and movie subjects. All with funny, snazzy, panache. Oh, wait, by the show's host, Ricky Carmona. <laughs> Sometimes I don't read these beforehand, so I get all excited when oh, I see them. You're like, oh, it's about me, it's about me. Oh, I have panache, I have panache. <laughs> Never a dull episode, worth your time. Check it out. Thank you very much. Bearnaker says, when last week's episode didn't have any new five-star reviews, I was baffled. I wondered what was wrong with people. Then I realized I haven't left my five-star review, so it was also kind of my fault. I love this crew of podcasters and the diverse views they bring to movie reviews. I love when Ricky throws in Spanish, pero tipo, a mí me encanta decirlo, so no te preocupa, gracias, gracias. Especially when he doesn't follow with an English translation. I ain't gonna tell you what I said. Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out, yo. Figure it out. Because I love the emotion and vibrancy that is infused into the diversity of the show. I'm an LGBTQ woman that speaks Spanish, so this is my jam. Azuka, entonces. Rhonda Prince says, yes, this podcast is important, and yes, I care. I'd like to chime in and say thank you for following the instructions, Rhonda. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Ricky Carmona is smart and funny, and so are his co-hosts each week. Yeah, they are. It's great to hear their perspective about the movies. I love movies, and they obviously do too. They are knowledgeable without being snobby, and just hella fun to listen to. I'm in for the long haul with Who Shot Ya. This is one of the very few podcasts that I have my app automatically put in my queue each week. It's that good. Woo. And shout out to all of y'all. And thank you for using the word queue, because yeah. I fucking <laughs> love that word. <laughs> Oh, panache I, is nice too. Oh, panache, panache. that's a good one. Oh, that was it. I love that. Solid vocab. Hey, y'all! Thank y'all for being here. As always, is anybody uh, April? You plugged uh, your show uh, that you have coming up. Your Switch Play Sister show. Oh yeah. Uh, does anybody have anything they want to plug uh, right quick? Uh, you know my usual stuff: linoleum knife, what the flick, all that, yeah. all that. Drea. No, I'm just here as a fan. <laughs> just here in the uh, fancy. The people love you, though. Casey, Casey's hitting at me from the from the booth. He wants me to plug uh, the Switchblade Sisters live show, which is this Saturday. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, see? Uh, May 5th, if you're in Los Angeles, come to Resident Downtown. Uh, doors open, I think, around 3, 3.30. And um, if you go to uh, Voyager Institute, uh, Los Angeles, if you look them up on Facebook, you can see the invite there for the show. We're really excited because our guest is going to be Sarah Gertrude Shapiro, who is co-creator and executive producer of the show Unreal on Lifetime. So we're gonna, and we're going to be talking about the craft. That's what's and up. And it's free. Yo. And it's free. That's what's up. Word. Hey, y'all, you can also check out our Facebook group. If you haven't subscribed yet, handle that at Facebook slash groups slash Who Shot Your Podcast. You got a comment or suggestion about this week's show, tweet us at Who Shot Your Pod. Send us an email at whoshotyouatmaximumfun.org. Our producer is Casey O'Brien. Our senior producer is Laura Swisher. This is a production of MaximumFun.org, and that's what's up. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.